Welcome to the Mother of All Movement podcast with me, Catherine Meadows. I'm a Pilates teacher specializing in postnatal recovery and a mum to two kids myself. The aim of this podcast is to inspire and educate through chats with women who are either working through their own movement journey or work to help women get stronger and recover both physically and mentally after having kids. I want to talk about what they do, how they integrate it into their family lives and essentially why. Because I believe when we share our stories and our values, we lift each other up, enabling every mother to fulfill her body's potential, gain confidence in her power and give our families the best version of us to share their lives with. So join me each week to hear these wonderful women talk about their journey. Welcome to the Mother of All Movement podcast, everyone. And this week, I have the pleasure of chatting to life coach, NLP practitioner, motivational speaker, and mental health advocate, Mary Meadows, no relation, by the way, who runs workshops on a variety of mental health topics and speaks passionately on finding balance, especially for mothers. She's also a single parent to her eight-year-old son, and her Instagram account is a place of solace, inspiration, and the truth of being a working parent right now. So Mary, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Oh, thank you. That was a lovely introduction. It made me feel quite <laughs> proud, actually. <yeah. laughs> so it's sometimes nice to have someone summarise a little bit of life, although obviously oh, it's only you. the surface <laughs> stuff for you. We know everything goes a lot deeper. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so can we start with, and in your own words, um, who you are, yeah. where you are, family life, and, and also how you came around to kind of doing what you do now, please. Yeah, okay. Um, so yes, so I am a life coach and NLP practitioner, and I changed career, um, gosh, nearly uh, nearly six years, five years ago now, um, and it was just after... Um, uh, the short story is, is um, my husband and I had um, fertility treatment. So we had uh, a long wait for my son. And uh, they, um, after I, I had Albie, I had a very difficult pregnancy. And then I had postnatal depression. Mm. And then about uh, when Albie was about 18 months, my husband announced the affair that was to end our marriage. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, suddenly finding myself as a single parent, just starting to recover from the postnatal depression and and I couldn't do the work that I used to do because I needed to fit something around <coughs> excuse me uh, around Albie's um, nursery and school and things so I had to look at a different way of working um, so my previous work has been was in hotels for um, in, in HR and uh, sales and things so yeah so I had to find so you were traveling around or you just had to yes, travel absolutely. further distance yeah, and they wanted me long hours yeah, yeah yes absolutely yeah so um I was I've always been rather jealous of people like my brother who have got um he's a he's a um a designer graphic designer mm. and uh I've always been quite jealous of people that have those kind of skills that mm. they can they can they can, they can have a tr- and so I was like right okay come on Mary there must you must have some skills somewhere um <laughs> what is it I know, can paint can what, I what paint is it? uh sing uh, yeah. do exactly and so I had some of my girlfriends come around and we had a brainstorming session and um I love to talk um so, <laughs> so uh, uh, and, uh, um, I also love to listen 
which mm. um, is a really important part of my job now. And um, and I and I and I love the psychology behind our behaviours and habits and what we do. And uh, so, kind of life coaching came up, and I just said, "Is that is that a proper job? Can I do that as a job? <laughs> is that a thing? Uh, yeah. <laughs> can I earn um, money so, from it? Can That's I earn the... money from it? Yeah." Yes. So it's an unregulated profession at the moment. Mm. So, um, which means basically anybody can call them, read a book, read a self-help book and call themselves a coach. Yep. Um, and I, I was very determined, um, for this to be a sustainable career for me. Mm. Um, and, um, so I made sure that I did a lot of research on the, on the subject of, tra- of retraining. So I um, found a company that were registered with the National Association of Psychotherapists Mm. so that I could get a professional membership and therefore insurance um, and and a qualification that would that would actually add to my skill set if I ever decided to, to go back into the corporate world. Um, which I never would now, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but just to go, but you're covering all your bases. You're not doing that thing of because yeah. actually, you say it's it. You know, life coaching happens to be an un- unregulated thing. Amazingly, I, you know, I'm a Pilates teacher, and it's the same thing. Pilates is yeah. pretty much unregulated, and you think of how many classes there are up and down the country in all sorts of different places, and people going to Pilates because they have back injuries and you know, various problems with this, that and the other. And they're going because they think they're going to get themselves better. And in the same way as someone seeking out a life coach, they're going because they might be vulnerable or they're at a change in their life or something like that. And you're thinking, well, you could be putting your hand yourself at the hands of someone who's done a weekend course and and that's it. And they've just decided, yeah, I can help some people. And that's, that's yeah, all it is yeah. it's um it can be yeah. a tricky thing so yeah you, it, like so you really cover yeah. you thought this is really important i do this right yes absolutely um so like i said i wanted it to be a sustainable career mm. for myself you know obviously i'm juggling uh, massively at the moment um you mm. know this phase of my life you know it's it's certainly getting easier albie's now just turned eight um <clears throat> And as I get a bit older, it, you know, it just it's just different. Um, yeah, just a bit easier to manage, I suppose. And there's after-school clubs and play dates and things like that, which gives me a bit of um, extra time sometime. Um, but yeah, so so and I started. Um, I just told my story, if you like. I think um, people. Uh, I have a very easy way of, of, of getting on with people. I, I'm very immediately um, empathetic. I can build a rapport mm. very, very quickly with people. And, and, I, and I love doing that. I, I love doing it most in person, face to face. But if I can't do that, I love um, doing it online. Mm. So a lot of my coaching, a lot of what I do is through uh, Zoom and uh, sometimes we do FaceTime. Um, I love Instagram. So I'm a um, great fan of Instagram and Mm. uh, the little space that I've curated. Um, So I love doing that. And yeah, so life is is good at the moment. So um, Albie's settled at at school, which is nice. And um, and I am writing my book, which is very oh. exciting. 
That is yes. really exciting. <laughs> and so it do is, you yeah. feel, does it, does it feel good now to be able to say I'm in a good space considering where you were at when LB was 18 months and in all the years previously, yeah. you didn't think you were going to get yeah. to a point of being able to say I'm okay. Absolutely. And I think it's, um, and it's so annoying. I, I, I don't even want to say the words because I can remember people saying it to me and go, you know, and going, whatever. Um, <laughs> but it, it's a time thing, unfortunately. No yeah. one wants to hear that with no. something like postnatal depression. I just, I was so desperate to be better, to, mm. to feel better, to, well, to feel something, you know, because there was a point where I just didn't, I didn't feel anything. I had just nothing. It was a yeah. real nothing. It's, um, a, it's a funny um, thing, postnatal depression, isn't it? Because that, uh, so, so for you, is that how it manifested? That kind of emptiness and the, yeah. the sort of lack of joy? It was a real emptiness. Yes. Yeah. Lack of anything. It was, yeah. I just, I can remember going to my uh, doctor's and uh, I've got a little dog called George, who is a Shih Tzu, and he's very cute. Mm. Um, and he's ten now. But I can remember going to the doctors when Albie was a couple of weeks old, and um, saying, "I look at George, the dog, and I just want to squeeze him so much, like like the love I can just <laughs> just want to squeeze his cheeks and hug him and like you know um, that kind of love." And then I yeah. said, "And I look at Albie, and it's just there's just nothing. There's just." Mm he's just he's you know it's just nothing and it wasn't it was neither good nor bad you know it's just a, a yeah. nothingness yeah and um but along with that became um I I, I didn't want to leave him mm. I think because I felt like somebody was going to you know, somebody was going to take him away, basically, and uh, and I wasn't I wasn't a, being a, a good enough mother um, because of it, and um, so it was yeah, it was really, you know, when I think back to that woman, <laughs> that that new mother, and it was it was pretty heartbreaking stuff, um, but I did I, there is recovery there there is recovery from it. It is a temporary thing thank goodness and and, uh, and how did you manage it then what what was your yeah. way of being able to get through something that which can be just so destructive yeah. can't it yeah so so I think the the thing that helped me the most was um having a diary and put each day just putting a smiley face or a sad face <laughs> and um and then you know just just thinking about my day and thinking how I felt about it mm -hmm. and then um and then being able to look back and thinking oh actually this week has there's been quite a few days that have been uh, smiley faces because and, actually and often all you see is the the, the yeah. you think oh, it's all been bad I haven't felt there's nothing's been good yeah. and actually yeah. well yeah there, there has been some good moments because mm. you know naturally as human beings we have a, we have a negative bias we're going to think about the thing that isn't going to go isn't going well mm. of course we are and and that is just magnified when you're in the depths of, of depression um and um so it's as as i mean it can sound a bit trite i suppose but but when i look back and i've actually kept the diary that i had that year and even now it's it's such a positive thing for me to to look at and to realize that uh it did get better i you know 
I got better at coping with it mm. and um, yeah and, and, and they're also I put moments there were moments where I felt my kind of um, it was like a little uh, my heart was pull it pulling to Albie like a little pull mm. and um, and I and I wrote those moments down like the first moment that I said um, I, I love you to Albie um, mm. Um, you know, he was probably about nine months, I think. Mm. And I can remember rushing into putting him down in the cot and, and just and saying it, it just coming naturally, like just coming out of my mouth. And uh, and I can remember rushing into my husband and saying, I said it, it happened, it happened. Oh my oh. goodness, it must be true. And um, yeah, and, it, and I so I wrote that down that I said I love you to the, the first time and um yeah so it was stuff like that and then looking back on it and actually rereading it and seeing how far i'd come was really important and had somebody yeah. supported you in the idea to write those things down in journal or had you come up with that idea by yourself were you getting any uh, therapy or anything yeah so unfortunately um and i believe it's still the case but i think it is changing um i was offered a talking therapy counseling mm. um but i couldn't take albie with me yeah i've heard which, that from other people actually, which yeah. i find absolutely ridiculous and i can remember yeah. you know sobbing in the doctor's surgery saying he's asleep look he's just in the buggy he's not gonna hear yeah. what i'm talking about he's, <laughs> he's like two weeks old yeah um and uh, yeah, so uh, which was just and and then of course once you know once the baby's a year eighteen months you know you're in that crawling madness craziness yeah. isn't it yeah. weaning and yeah. crawling and walking and running and oh just not <laughs> sitting still and th there was no way that I could have um, you know sorted out the childcare I also didn't want to leave Albie with anybody mm. that was just wasn't an option for me. Um, which I think, so I think it's, um, so it wasn't until probably Abby was about uh, four um, that is when um, I started having counselling. So yeah, it was quite, Gosh. you know, a lengthy process. Yeah. That's such a long time for somebody in such a vulnerable position. Yeah. And there must be, uh, you know, we know the horrible statistics of women um, uh, with postnatal depression and doing themselves harm in some yes. way. And yeah if if those rules about babies being able to be there and things like that were able to change because often often and it's not always the case but often it's because you don't have some support you don't have somebody that you can leave them to you don't want to because that's part of the complex process complexity of yeah. postnatal depression um yeah. you could read they could reach and help so many more people if there was more flexibility mm -hmm. around it yeah um, and i think that sorry go on um, I think there's also um, a kind of, <clears throat> so when I used to be on the sofa breastfeeding, I can remember um, Googling postnatal depression and uh, help. And I wanted to see postnatal depression survivor. Um, and it, the, the things online, it was just before Instagram really, or Instagram might have existed, yeah. I don't know. Um, um, and it was all so negative. Oh my goodness! And the YouTube channels, you know, I can remember these these kind of films from the eighties oh, with these American doctors just saying how I'm ruining my child's <gasps> um, chance of uh, connecting and having normal relationships when they're an adult because uh, postnatal depression. And I can remember thinking, 
my god i don't need to hear that now you know that's that's not what is that's not helpful um so yeah so i quite often um do uh, I haven't done one for a while actually, but I used to do uh, lives on Instagram quite regularly, yeah, um, and talk about my postnatal depression um, because the biggest thing that helped me was talking about it. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And I think you know I had a really kind of mild case of postnatal depression. That I very much covered up the way that I was feeling by mm-hmm. overexercising, and. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I found is that only in hindsight that I recognized that actually it was symptoms of postnatal depression. But at the time, if somebody had said to me, are you maybe depressed? No, that's not, I mean, I'm not depressed. Look, yeah. There's nothing wrong, but only now I think, oh God, I literally used to dread waking up in the morning, dread the whole day, dread spending time with my baby, dread, yeah. you know, oh God, we've got to go to that place. Okay. So we just like shuffle to the park, shuffle there, you know, barely get anything out of any day and thank, you know, be grateful that I could lie down in bed, but then dread the night because then I'd be woken up and, you know, and it sort of go on and on. And then the only way that I could make myself feel better was by going, right, I'm going to train hard and make myself look better so that I can mask those feelings within that but if anyone had said to me I had postnatal depression at the time no way I've never have agreed and then that it's only since having that sort of circle of support and understanding through Instagram that I can see there is a huge spectrum of that feeling of of what what I may have been anyone may be experiencing and actually if I'd reached out for help at the time Maybe that could have helped, but also maybe just being able to see what other people say and go, oh, right, it's that, that, okay, that makes a bit more sense to me now. You know, my feet, what I'm feeling yeah. makes more sense because I can see the other people talking about the same thing. Yes, yeah. It's really interesting whenever I always make sure when I talk about it on a podcast, wasn't it? I, I talk about the, the, how I, how I felt that nothingness mm. because I've heard from people that have listened to what I've said that um, there'll be somebody out there that listening to this now, you know, mm. that, that will identify with that and, and think, oh my goodness, that's exactly it. It's a nothingness. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. And that relief that someone else felt like that too. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, it, and it's not that necessarily gets better. I just think that you get better at coping with it and mm. um, you get better at trusting yourself mm. as a mother um I think um yeah I think I just I just think I just think you you just get better at at, at doing life with a child <laughs> yeah. yes yeah exactly so uh, I mean like you mentioned you're now your son's now eight um you're into primary school years which in a way means some yeah. things are a bit more settled um you've got at least some consistency um, you know where he is after school <laughs> we yeah. haven't reached the pre-teen emotions and the teenage parent anxiety God, yeah. let's hold that yeah. off for yeah. as long yeah. as possible eh? yeah. um, but how have you found um, like you said your, your working role has completely changed from 
presumably where mm. you expected it to be pre-pregnancy and whilst yeah. you were pregnant because you had a job and you were expecting to just go back into it and life changed completely so um yeah how have you found sort of developing that role and um alongside being uh you know being thrust into single parenthood as well yeah um so i think the first uh, first thing that i would say to anybody that that's finding themselves in that situation is to is to work out your version of success mm. and i and i actually help women do that now mm. <laughs> as part of my coaching but but working out what what success looks like for you um is a really important part of being self-employed or being freelance um it, it's working out what's important to you right now and that changes also that like looking at that regularly um so this time of year we're recording this in january mm. um and it's a great time to kind of review and reflect and uh, think about things like that. And what does success look from, look like for me for the, for this year? Um, because everything changes so much and my version might be very different to your version. Mm. Um, you know, somebody might be really motivated by um, money and, um, uh, you know, my version is of success includes being able to um, drop Albie at school and, and pick him up, which is I'm very honoured to be able to and in a, in a position that I'm able to do that. Mm. Um, you know, but that's my that's part of my version of success. Um, so it's not having a million pounds in the bank. It's 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 more complex than that. But it's you know that's it's my version and also that means that I don't then compare myself to other people. Um, <clears throat> I'll give you an example. I, I was in, um, uh, just before Christmas, I was contacted by the Telegraph. Uh -huh. and, uh, I was emailed in the morning and um, yeah, they said, oh, we're looking for a life coach. Uh, Miranda Hart, you know, the comedian, has, yeah. just, uh, <laughs> has, has apparently, I don't even know if it's true, but has apparently retrained as a life coach. Oh my and God. They were what? At, I know. Imagine going to her as a life coach. Amazing. I don't think I take it seriously. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah, it's okay. Um, and uh, so they were looking at some for a woman that had retrained kind of midlife to uh -huh. become a life coach with a story. So yeah. So anyway, so I said, yeah, this is me. And they're like, brilliant. We're gonna send a photographer around to your um, office. I have a co-working space where I work in Brighton um <laughs> we're going to send a photographer around we're going to uh you know one of our journalists is going to interview you over the telephone and uh it's going to be in tomorrow's paper and I was like oh okay <laughs> so so I emailed them back and I did say to them is this is there um any uh payment for my time mm. and they just kind of ignored that bit I think mm -hmm. anyway so I thought, you know, well, it's going to be, it's, you know, let's just go with it. it's good PR. Mm. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, so the next day I was in the paper and it was a big article. It was like, you know, I was, my picture was like half page spread oh. with my story and my, my website address and everything. And, um, and I was on, it was online on the Telegraph as well. And you know what happened? absolutely nothing <laughs> not a single like not inquiry even, nothing not, not a nudge on the no, website no, oh, no, nothing 
like not even in a, I actually lost followers that day on Instagram like, oh. I, like just nothing just absolutely nothing and it's, it was so interesting because I got overexcited and like you know obviously post it in my Instagram stories yeah. saying oh look at me it's my in the, in the telegraph it. and there were so many <laughs> and so many of my friends and stuff like sending me messages saying congratulations how amazing and oh my god that's brilliant and it's actually is it is it what does it what has it mm. done nothing mm. um apart from take up quite a bit of my time actually mm. so um yes so it's kind of like thinking about stuff like that and and it and it keeps my blinkers on with other people and knowing that um you know that that isn't necessarily what i want to be doing is getting in newspapers you know that isn't where my clients are it's not it's not what what i need to be doing mm. So it was, you know, it was fun, but yeah. <laughs> you can say, mummy was yeah. in the paper today to your son and that's it. And then he can go, oh, my mum was in the paper. And then it seems <laughs> like it's a really big thing, but uh, he yeah. wasn't impressed. He's more impressed. I've got a YouTube channel. Oh yeah. Cause it speaks, <laughs> yeah. speaks to the uh, younger generation. Yeah. She says sounding exactly, exactly her age. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so so success for you that that's something that yeah. you're you you work with with women to work out what their level of success yeah. is and and for you it's Absolutely. having that freedom um mm. and so um and so do you mainly work with women who are mothers now is it women who are mothers specifically um, or just women necessarily it 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 i would say kind of 70% of uh, people that I work with are women that are mothers mm -hmm. um, but I am doing more corporate work at the moment so mm -hmm. um, there's lots of um, I've been going into uh, corporate environments and talking about managing stress and looking after well-being and, and things like that which has been really interesting oh yeah, yeah. okay oh that's brilliant and and so good that, that corporates are actually talking about yeah that and yeah hopefully did, actually yeah. actioning things and taking it seriously afterwards as well yeah 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 um and so what do you find the sort of most common areas that the women that you speak to have trouble with and, and why do you think those things come up so much um i think the uh most overriding thing that usually comes down to is that we just just not enoughness I know that's mm. a new, I'm making up a word. I love it though, yeah. <laughs> not enoughness. Mm. Um, you know, we always think that we're um, not, not, not doing enough or not saying enough, not, just not being enough generally yeah. in some areas of our lives. And um, once we start talking and opening up and, um, yeah, and... and finding out you know we realize that we're not fucking up as much as we think we are mm. <laughs> and it you know and it's and it's no one has their shit together mm. all of the time you know it might be for five minutes me in the telegraph it might look like i've <laughs> like i've got my shit together but i can <laughs> you know i can assure you i haven't um so yeah so it's it's about i think um it's about helping women realize you know trusting themselves more really and um and knowing working out what's important for them right now um and focusing on that uh, yeah yeah it's, it's, um, it's, 
clarity, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, right. Having clarity for, from their own thing. Because I think that there's so much messaging, isn't there? Like constantly, yes. oh, you should be doing this or look at that person doing yeah. that. And oh, they're doing that perfect workout and they've got that great outfit and look at their house that looks amazing. And they've got the cute yeah. dog yeah. and the perfect pram and blah, 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 blah. There's that constant yeah. level of, okay, oh gosh, look at me. I've my hair does not look that great up in a pineapple and whatever and blah, blah. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, the, there's that level of expectation that, but also um, the advertising and the sort of messaging and everything, but a lot of that as a parent comes right from almost like preconception, doesn't it? It's like selling that yeah. perfect yeah. life to us. Look at yeah. me with my perfect yeah. pregnant belly. This is what you want to be like. And then look at me with my perfect baby, my perfect toddler, my perfect, look at our matching outfits, et cetera, et cetera. And, but we have to yeah. make us buy into that ideal mm. before we've even had the baby. And, yeah. And, and, and it's, you know, advertisers actually, um, I can't, I don't remember the um, wording that they use, but they actually target pregnant women Mm. and uh, women with very young babies because they know that they're in a very vulnerable oh. position and easily persuaded and yeah um oh, yeah. that just makes so, me feel really sad it does absolutely so i think it's um it's 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 bringing what we know in our heads into our hearts as well so we know that when we see that those pictures that then it's not necessarily real life and you know it's all been heavily edited but that doesn't stop us wishing things were different sometimes yeah and um and i think what coaching helps with is is it helps you trust that you're you're doing the right thing at the right time and um and you 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 become your own cheerleader mm. That's um, yeah yeah, which uh, I'm really proud of the work that I do, and um, I'm yeah, I'm really excited about it. So I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, uh, one of the things that like like so so sort of talking about that sort of anti perfection mm. stuff and things. One of the things that yeah. I love on your Instagram is that in your stories you sort of document your morning yoga in your pajamas and uh it's so brilliant and so realistic because uh, sometimes we don't have that perfect matching outfit to hand do we when we want to do a session okay, often like this morning I was doing a tiny bit of stretching and things after I got up in my pajamas but sometimes I do it after I've had a shower and just in my underwear and you know it's the one that it's the one workout that I'm all right not to record that one thanks <laughs> yeah, yeah, thankfully for everyone who might be viewing but but there's sort of that yeah. That, that trying to get that and you know you have that hashtag fuck perfect and I think that's that's it's just so important to keep on seeing you know it's not it's not about that that perfect life mm -hmm. it's about just it's about, showing it's up showing up and just yeah. kind of going this is nourishing for me right now and I don't like, like, it's, like who gives a shit what I'm wearing or or what my yeah. hair look, or, my, or face look like or anything like that it's actually yeah. this this is a me taking a great step towards making yeah. myself helping exactly. myself feel good I, I want to show you know and when I do it I want to show the the boringness of it <laughs> as well you know the kind of the kind of you know this is 
you know sometimes I don't feel like doing it sometimes you know really don't want to um but those are the times that I need to do it most mm. and and sometimes it is just sitting there on my cushion just sitting and just being still and quiet for five minutes um and um and that's the only part of my day whereas that I have that stillness um but that's what I'm cultivating in my life and, I, and it won't happen unless I do the boring bit which is doing it every day so yeah so that's how it kind of came about that I was recording it and and so you do something or is that like uh, is it always in the morning or do you not always so like this morning like, okay yeah so um it's it's usually in the mornings um but that's because my eight-year-old is actually a teenager and doesn't i actually need to wake him up now so <laughs> after years of five o'clock yes. in the morning wake up <laughs> finally get my um rest but it means me having to drag him out of bed at eight o'clock in the morning um yeah so yeah so before I have that kind of uh tussle in the mornings I like to sit down for five minutes and just have some quiet time yeah um so like this morning was an absolute nightmare it did not happen this morning Mm. um what did happen was lots of shouting (laughs) Um, yeah (laughs) So, so I will actually find uh, probably, but probably after I finish with you, actually, before I do the school pickup, um, yeah. I will probably find 10 minutes and uh, yes, and, and sit and be quiet and, and have that quiet time and just, uh, <clears throat> just contemplate the, tr- you know, I just stare out at the trees and just breathe mm. and yeah. Mm. And, and it's just, it's just a few minutes and it's, it's nothing exciting. It doesn't look pretty. Um, it's just um, encouraging somebody to pause for a moment and just take a breath. Yeah. And is that something that you encourage in your clients as well? If they're yeah. not, um, because one of the things that I um, find a lot with uh, the women that come to see me is that they're waiting for the perfect scenario. They're, they're sort of to start yeah. a movement yeah. practice. They're, they're, there's that there's that thing I often hear the when and then thing. So like when the baby's yeah. finished teasing, then I'll start whatever. Yeah. When, it, when the baby's yeah. sleeping yeah. through, when I've lost half a stone, when I, you know, whatever, yeah. there's always when a when and then. Did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what I try to get across to them is that there is never a perfect scenario. There is always no. like a kid is always going to be ill. Like there's always going yeah. to be a shit day coming up. And actually, yeah what you need to do even if all you do is put your yoga mat out and you lie and sit in child's pose for two minutes but you do that every single day or yeah yeah you do something every single day and you do it Mm. and you're just showing up all you're doing is just showing up like you could even just step onto the mat and that's it yeah but you're doing something to keep to start a, a habit yeah. that will nourish you and be there for you all, all the time. There's no yeah. like, if I if I haven't got 45 minutes in my perfect matching Lululemon outfit, then I'm not going to bother. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that it's 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 building um, resilience. You know, those curveballs are always going to come. That those mm. those those shit things in life that they, they don't they don't stop just because you know you get to 40 or something you know they keep going Mm. and um you know but by having some kind of uh ritual routine a little practice 
something that knowing what nourishes you, knowing what you need and actually practicing it in the times when you're okay, when it's okay, will actually enable you to to pull those things out of your toolbox you know when when you're having a really shit day you're like right okay i know exactly what i need today i need to go and walk in the woods or touch a few trees you know or mm. or um yeah just <clears throat> knowing yourself more i think knowing yourself um and, and what nourishes you and, and things different things nourish in different ways um like just now like i remember i it was actually late for our cook to start our call because I prioritized myself and I went and got another bottle of water you know I filled my water up yeah and uh things like that that I you know I kind of give myself a a high five mentally yeah. <laughs> because I'm like yeah yes that was me first you know you you thought you know you're going to be talking for about an hour so make sure that you have some water and yeah, yeah. don't so, don't get drained by the no, that you're like yeah. trying to please other people by being somewhere on time yeah. and stuff like that yeah, yeah exactly. exactly and and, or, or and go to the toilet that's the other thing right? <laughs> yes exactly do you ever do that thing where you're like okay i'm just gonna send this email then i'll have a wee well I'm and just how gonna... much you can do while you have a really <laughs> full bladder you're like yeah and that and that and that and that and you're like i'll go into the toilet in a minute <laughs> i know but actually you're denying yourself from like bodily function and <laughs> um yeah, and and usually at this point, I can, every, anybody that's listening to this is going to go to the lo- toilet. So. Yeah, exactly. Oh yes, I remember. I've been needing to go to the toilet for the last hour. Um, yeah. And so, talking of other things that might nourish you, obviously, you live in Brighton. Yeah. I live nearby. Both of us are a little uh, yeah. you enjoy our sea swimming. I, I know that's mm. not accessible to lots of people, but what um, for you? Why is it important for you to get in the water? What do you get from that oh it's the it's i get it from a few things actually but being in the sea is one of them and it's the sense of awe Mm. and it's that sense of wonder that sense of something bigger than yourself it puts things into perspective massively yeah um and it just looking out into that horizon just it's just dreamy it's and it's it, it just reminds me that um we are part of nature, you know, we're all part of nature and uh, <clears throat> magnificent things are there if we look, you know, that, that kind of magic. Mm. Uh, it's, yeah, love it. Mm-hmm. And have you always um, been happy in the water and sort of going yeah. swimming and things like that? Has that always been something that's been absolutely fine to you? Because when, yeah. when I tell various clients and people that I, um, you know, cold water, I swim through the winter or I swim in the sea or something like yeah. that, they're always like, oh, that's fine, but I really don't like the waves or I don't like the sea very much or the deep water frightens me it frightens me as well actually i'm um, i've got a real yeah. um, paranoia about deep water but um uh but but like you i love the majesty of the sea like being the awe-inspiringness yeah. of the sea but I, I always wonder how people break down that feeling of fear yeah. so, so i've actually i've actually a lot of my friends i've helped them go in the mm. sea <laughs> and um and how i you know and the, I think it's basically a metaphor for everything in life. It reminds you that you 
can do hard things so so you'll get there and you'll get you you know you'll get to the beach and you'll think oh this is stupid you know this freezing what are you doing you don't have to do this and you'll be like yeah but I feel you know and then there'll be this little voice going yeah but you're here now you know you're here now and then you know you'll put put your toe in the water and it's so icy and um, and, and everything in your brain is telling you to stop and go out and yeah. you're just it's, uh, but you somehow you keep walking and you keep going and you keep doing it and then it's that that scream of um you know when the ice gets up to your middle <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. and shrieking and doing it with somebody and holding someone's hand while they're doing it is just the best way of doing it really and you feel um, such a superhero when you come out and and watching someone else going through that process for the first time is is so exciting it is it really is but you will feel like you can do anything and everything (laughs) after you've done it and you don't even have to swim like some days i just go in like get my shoulders under and Mm. that's it and then I come out again, you know, I don't always swim. So, but yes, but the, uh, um, those shoes, absolutely vital if you're going to do it in Brighton. Oh my God. You know, those wet right. those shoes. Yeah. I you went get them in, in uh, yeah, Decathlon or something. Yeah. Yes. Mine are from Decathlon. Yeah. And I uh, went in on New Year's Day and for the first time in, uh ages I, I i wear them all the way through the summer because i just find it much easier just to like stomp into the water and yeah, then be able to absolutely. get out really easily like, i don't have to go yeah. ah, the, ah the pebbles they're really sharp or anything like yeah. that and for some reason on yeah. new year's day i'd forgotten they were drying somewhere and i'm and uh, I've yeah. forgotten them. And oh my God, it was so painful. I was like, what on earth is going on? I looked like I'd never been in the water before. I was like crawling out yeah. of the water on my hands and knees. I was thinking, this is why I wear my boots <laughs> all the time. Never forget yeah. again. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, we're very lucky, obviously, that we've got the sea yeah. close by I, it was not long ago that I lived mm-hmm. in London and okay there's the Hampstead ladies ponds and things that were not too far away but um it's just something so amazing about the sea and the, the way that it lifts you and holds you and takes you absolutely and, yeah um, yeah yeah how how amazing it feels um Okay, so, uh, you know, like we mentioned at the moment, we're speaking at the beginning of January and it'll then be the beginning of February by the time the podcast is sort of published. So we'll have waded through a month of constant messaging about diets and newness and workout plans everywhere and bettering ourselves in some ways. So um, in my head, there's two things about that. One is how do you navigate all of that bullshit and everything and what's your advice for others but then because it's it's a really tough time of year at this time of year but then the other thing is like you mentioned at the beginning that you mentioned or we're at the beginning of of January and it's a really good time to plan a lot of people actually like thinking you know what I'm going to make a change at this time of year because 
yeah. uh, you know, now, now's a good time. It's the fresh start of the year and people like that and planning and I'm going to make a change about stuff. But then they're also, there's also sometimes there's a lot of the messaging the other way, like you're fine as you are. Don't listen to yeah. any of it. Don't get dragged down of it. And it, you're kind of, some people might be stuck like halfway in the middle going, wait, am I, am I fine? Do I not make a change? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Am I not yeah. being authentic to myself if I decide that I do want yeah. to lose some weight or, or start a new workout or something like that? You know, so so there's a lot to navigate yeah. between all of that, isn't there? Exactly, exactly. And I think it can be really confusing, and um, you know, and and I feel I feel confused with the stuff that I'm looking at at the moment. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, after Christmas, it's you know, the magic's, it's gone somewhere, hasn't it? It's, you know, it's all over. There's, whether you love it or hate it, there's been a massive build-up to it. Mm. Um, you know, it started in, you know, before Halloween, didn't it? Oh, God, um, right. So there's there's building up to it. There's expectations um, of yourself and others. So it's all of that. Um, and there's an expectation that New Year has to mean self some self-improvement in some way mm. um, which I find quite an interesting subject and um, uh, you know and, and a restriction of all the things that we've actually really bloody enjoyed at Christmas you know? yes <laughs> um, yes um, and um, you know yes yes there is excess um but there are things like for example stilton you know that i don't know why but it's the only time of year that i eat it and it's yeah. just really nice i love it um, um but you know in any sense it's now like oh okay right now put the cheese board away you know that's it like we're in never January, allowed to eat cheese again like we're never allowed to eat cheese again i know and it's absolute bullshit yeah. um so my my um, you know, trick, I suppose, is to, is to keep doing the things that I've enjoyed over Christmas. Mm. So, um, you know, whatever that is. So, for example, I love to keep some uh, fairy lights up. Like, I love the sparkle of fairy lights. Yeah. So, um, so I always keep some fairy lights up in somewhere in the house. Um, and uh, and remembering that we <laughs> January is is it's we're in winter you know it's dark outside for a reason we're supposed to be hibernating we're supposed to be recharging we're supposed to be resting um you know before the spring that's that's you know we're we're human beings that's what what should be happening yeah. so i think it's a really good chance to kind of reflect and review um before you go wading into something of, of change or restriction is to actually reflect and review your last year and and how you feel about it what happened what you want more of what you want less of um and generally what's gonna be important to you this year this coming year um and i think without that time to reflect and review you just it, you're just going to have that uh, flying by a seat of your pants feeling and it will go on till the end this time next year yes <laughs> you know it, there's got to be a moment to stop and to pause and um yeah and to and to focus on what it is that you want to bring more of into your life and so for you, you your your advice is is that review is much more important than than the making change thing it's, yeah, it's absolutely. you know this point, actually this maybe point, what yeah. you might find is 
actually everything's all right. I've got a good balance and okay, I could maybe be a little bit more efficient about doing this, that and the other, but I'm doing all right. And being able to sort of find that little bit of celebration within that review is important. Absolutely. And I think it's, um, I think, I think by doing that, you're, 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 you're sending a message, you know, to yourself, this is, it's a nourishing act, you know, that pausing, that resting, that reflecting, that not rushing. Um, you know, there's a, there's a post that I'm about to post on Instagram and it, and it, you know, and I just ask the question, what's the rush? What is the rush? Slow mm. down. You know, we don't have to do what everyone else is doing. Mm. Um, and if you're doing what someone else is doing, because you think you should be doing it, then it's not your goal anyway. Um, and it, it's not your, the thing that's going to, going to help you. <laughs> um, so yeah, just need some time and thought and uh, space. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, a lot of, like, like we said, there's, there's often a lot of the sort of diets and new workout plans and things like that. And I think, um, you know, I think sometimes the, the, the body positivity messaging can mm. be confusing sometimes. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. you can, you can, it's still okay to kind of think, you know what, maybe I could, I don't know. I, I, I might feel um, healthier if I'm either less weight, put on a bit of weight, get a bit more muscle, um, lean up a little, I don't know, whatever it is that somebody might feel like they want to do. And then, then there's the, the sort of the opposite way of the body positivity at the same time where we're supposed to just love ourselves, whatever. And you're thinking, well, maybe am I allowed to want to make a change and love myself at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. How do you help women find that that way? I think, I think love can feel a, a long way away. You know, I don't, I don't look at my body in the mirror and think that I love it, you know, and it can you, you can just feel like quite um quite sad sometimes <laughs> um i think it is there is a there is a uh what's the word is there's a there's a grief i think that i have for my um body before children as well i think it, your your body changes doesn't it mm. uh, uh, <clears throat> and i think I, I like to think of it as an acceptance of where I am right now and yeah. uh, and of gratitude for my for my body of of what it's what it can do what what it's able to do so rather than what it looks like I think about the fact that I'm able to um you know just I did a yoga class this morning and you know it, it was a, it was a hard yoga class but my knees you know carried me through and uh yeah, so it's, it's thinking about what your body does for you and, and having some gratitude for the kind of physical workings, I think. And um, yeah, I think that's the way forward. If you feel that the, um, you know, self-love and all of that kind of stuff is, is just too far away, I think focus on the fact that uh, what your body can do for you. Mm. And, and is doing for you. And then, and then work on nourishing that um 
you know, so <laughs> one of my clients, gosh, a couple of years ago now, um, she had a couple of sessions with me and um, uh, she had so many aha moments. And the biggest one was about drinking water. <laughs> and um, she always says uh, afterwards, you know, she said, she said, Mary, she said, people will think I'm mad that I've gone to see a life coach and uh, that you've, you know, that you've changed my life by getting, you know, somehow magically I'm drinking more water. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, she said, it sounds like, you know, crazy, but she said it was literally drinking water for her was the crux of everything it, it showed her body that she was respecting it that it, it changed mm. her um every time she refills the bottle you know she was looking after herself and caring for herself and putting herself first um you know and this was a lady that didn't you know didn't drink any you know it was either tea or coke you know that was it it was there was nothing in between mm. and um yeah and she built this habit and it was just amazing to watch and to see that transformation you know she said at the end she, the um testimonial that she she would people keep asking me if I've had a facelift and it's not I've just drunk more water you know she said, who could have guessed it could have been that simple um and I think that's the other thing we we sometimes when things aren't going well we think it needs to be a big change yeah we think we need to move to Spain or you know, um, leave our husbands or uh, change jobs or yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And, and actually it, it really, it never is that big thing. It's the little stuff. It is the drinking the more water. It is putting in, um, looking at your bedtime routine and, and focusing on, on your sleep patterns and, um, you know, so, so a lot of the coaching I have is very pragmatic. You know, I do talk about routines. I talk about diarising time. Um, you know, how do you plan your time? How do you manage your time? Setting boundaries, um, you know, with yourself and others. Yeah. Um, all of those things are the things that we could be focusing on right now. Mm. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so right now it is, it, it's sort of that thing. It's, just, it's amazing how... God, how profound something small is. And I, it, it made me wonder, as you were speaking about it, whether, um, whether people think that, A, people think that, that it can't be that simple, that that is not going to be yeah. the thing that changes my life, and also yeah. are in some way afraid of that simplicity, of those small things that... Yeah. Oh, if it was that simple, I would have done it. And then, and then, yeah. you know, my life would be perfect. And if I do do these small things, what then, you know, are they, yeah. are they afraid? Is that, is that, is that part of it that we're sort of, we're sort of afraid of yeah. the simplicity of small changes? we're afraid of it going right and everything going well we're afraid of success which brings me back to my first thing which is working out what success looks like mm -hmm. for you yeah. so so not and this is how I end up doing business coaching and life coaching you know to me it's all just life coaching mm -hmm. but you can apply the same theory to every area of your life mm. you know what does what does um you know physical wellness what does what does success with my physical wellness mean to me what does that look like you know what is it that I'm that I want to 
happen in that area um you know how am i doing in that area right now oh you know the reflection and reviewing of it um but yes working out yeah so it's working out what success looks like for you and i can guarantee you 90 percent of the people that are out running uh you know at six o'clock in the morning in the pitch dark at the moment they haven't thought about their goals they haven't thought about what they want so they've just thought right it's the first january this is the time where i really punish myself for all the fun that i had at christmas yeah. and this is just what i do and um and of course that's never gonna be sustainable because who enjoys getting up at six o'clock in the morning and running you know in the rain and the cold um you know it's just yeah yeah so and or, or if you do, that's because you've had got a well thought out goal and the, you know the process of what you need to do to reach that goal. Yeah, you're driven by the motivation of yeah, uh, the, exactly. that sort of extrinsic motivation of the, of yeah. the goal rather yeah. than the, um, sorry, the intrinsic motivation of the goal rather than yeah. the, yeah. oh, I, I, all, all of those biscuits or all of that Baileys that I drank or, yeah. uh, I, oh my God, summer's coming up. If it's, if it's a new year, that means we're within sight of the sun and my, my body, <gasps> ah, that is, there's, there's yeah. that sort of feeling. And then there's always going to be that feeling of lacking. No matter what you do, it's yes. never going to be good enough you you know you're yeah. not going to be enough, i don't know exactly. thin enough fit enough strong bronzed enough yeah. whatever it is um and and, and, but, it, and it brings you back to that not enoughness again yeah. you know, and yeah. um so so there is a way out of that <laughs> yes yeah exactly um so how, so so in order to sort of make an authentic change we need to understand yeah. where it need where it's coming from and whether we genuinely yes. need or want to make that change and and whether it's whether it's your if it's your goal or not or whether it's just you've just had some subliminal messaging and you've seen everyone else doing it and you think it should be something that you'd be doing as well um you know is it your goal is it you is it the thing that you want for you and your your life mm. yeah exactly um and I, I know we sort of talked before about the sort of language within the wellness industry. And, and I think part of what I'm getting at with the sort of New Year stuff is that it's now quite divisive, isn't it? It's quite a sort of two-sided. It's, it's yeah. either it's New Year, New You, or it's don't listen to all that bullshit. You're fine as you are. It's a bit, and yeah. and, and the, the sort of the first side of it seems to be a hangover from 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 the old days the bad old days of the wellness industry when we were all told that we were yeah. never good enough at anything and that's why they needed to sell yeah. us the nearest you know whatever thing that we yeah. needed to buy to make our life perfect but there, but there is a middle ground and and you've just got to you've just got to look for it that there, there is this middle ground of where you can be in a place where you are nourishing you know it's it's a kind of um change is like a byproduct so any change in how you look or um is is is, is a change of perspective actually in your mind or or it's a it's a change of how you look at something so okay so my gray hairs for example <laughs> so <laughs> um 
society tells me that uh you know that we i'm 43 you know i should be dyeing my hair i shouldn't have any grays um and there's lots of adverts you know you've got davina mccall telling me that i'm worth it and yeah. you know dyeing my hair um but actually i really like it it's only just starting to come through and i felt a bit sad that i had to wait this long because uh, a couple of my friends are really really quite gray yeah. and uh, i think it looks amazing i think aging yeah. is a privilege um and it's a it's a you know i've got this wise woman kind of thing going on now <laughs> and um and i'm really excited about this gray and my friend my best friend we were um out there was a bit of sunshine yesterday and she said oh my goodness look at that she said it looks silver she said it looks beautiful your hair and and I was like yes so that's the kind of conversations that's the kind of language that is um supportive and is like yes I'm doing the right thing I'm not being swayed I don't want to dye my hair I like my gray um you know it feel it feels good to me and um and surrounding myself with people that support that that uh, those things that are important to you yeah so, yeah yeah exactly uh, my, uh, this year is the year that I'm going to start embracing my grays so contrary to you yeah. I've been going gray since I was about 25 so uh okay. at the time at 25 it's not such a good look um yeah. so I definitely decided to keep coloring my hair at that point and then, yeah. of course, you get, yeah. I got stuck. You get stuck into that cycle of, well, I, I now just have to keep on going. I can't, I can't stop dyeing my hair. Well, I can, but now my grey is so, like, you know, I went to the hairdresser. I don't know, you know, my hairdresser is a good friend of mine, and she comes, to, she comes to classes with me. I go to her, and she very kindly said to me the other day, oh, yeah, you're about 80, 80 to 90% white hair. I was like... Oh my God, I'm gonna, this is going to have to be a real embracing, you know, on my part. Yeah. It's not me just slowly, gradually getting this silver fox sort of thing. This is, this is going to yeah. be a real massive change. But it it's, comes down so much, you know, I have red hair and, and having, you know, it's quite a part of my identity to have red curly yeah. hair. It's a thing. And yeah. I'll then yeah. have to have white hair. This is this is quite yeah. an extreme difference. And and yeah, so it's things, so it's spending some time thinking about it. Yeah, so spending some time thinking about how you feel about it and whether it's whether it's the thing that you want to do or it feels like something that you should be doing. Mm. Um, you know, so making sure that it's that it's okay for you. And then it's about talking to those people in your life and saying, look, this is this is what I'm doing, and this is, and I would love your support with this. And then you will, you will start to, uh, you know, when we communicate what we want to other people, they will start supporting you. And uh, rather than um, saying, oh, you know, do you, do you want some help dyeing your hair this weekend? Or, you know, uh, you know they'll actually be, oh my gosh, it looks amazing. Or, or, you know, helping you with it and supporting you with it um, rather than trying to kind of... Um, trip you up you know that's a really important part of of change of any instigating any change is actually communicating about it yeah um, and and talking about what it is that you want with other people 
yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think every time I, you know, just in, because things were on me, let's talk about me some more. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anytime I've ever mentioned it, I've, I've it, like to clients or something like that, we, because we're in sort of small groups, we get into these funny conversations about all sorts of things and the hair sometimes comes up yeah. and some of the clients are like no I can't do it I just, I just can't and uh, but you know and then they say things about oh but there's this this friend of mine who's grown her hair allowed it hasn't colored her hair and her hair's going gray and it just looks amazing mm. and so empowering to see somebody just being able to just embrace it and go with it and it, nobody has ever says anything like, oh, God, she looks so old now or, or anything like that. There's never any criticism. It's just their own personal, I would prefer not to or I'm not ready for that. And uh, But this other person looks amazing. And the, the, you know, there, there's never any sort of negative judgments. It just is how it is. You just, yeah. like you say, you have to deal with yeah. your own stuff a little bit first it's your own stuff and this is the thing and it's that it's our own stuff that keeps us from doing stuff doing stuff so it's yeah it's um it's uh it's a bit like uh, so albie's eight and um he's just very recently um got a television in his room uh -huh. and it's a very it's a very old television. Mm -hmm. It's a tiny little one. And you can only play DVDs on it. You can't, it's not linked up to anything. And um, now I was absolutely adamant. I can remember saying there is absolutely no way that my, any child of mine is having a TV in their room. Um, you know, just not happening. It's just, I'll never see them. It just won't, it just, just not okay. <laughs> and um and actually, he got to the point with our bedtimes and things, because Albie just doesn't go to sleep till about nine o'clock. He just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't do it. And I was just not getting an evening. Mm. And um, and then when I thought about it, my um, I thought, I thought, who am I? What am I? What's my problem with it? You know, is it what other people will think? Yeah. And I was like, yes, it is. It's what other people will think, mm. which is one of the reasons I'm saying this out loud on a podcast because it's I don't I actually really don't care what anyone else thinks. What, what it works for us, it gives me an hour and a half of quiet time. He watches yeah. a movie pretty much every night. Um, you know, we do the bedtime stories and all the rest of it, and then he puts his a DVD in. And he watches that and then he turns it off and he goes to sleep. And, um, you know, and it gives me an hour and a half every night. Whereas previously I'd be like up and down, up and down, having conversations. Mm. And it's been life changing. And yeah, and I love it. Um, he knows it's a privilege that he's got a TV in his room and that, you know, <laughs> he could lose it if there's, the, you know, behavior and the rest of it. But it's, it's working for me. And yeah. Um, and it's so interesting yeah. that you had that that you spent some time thinking about the motivation for that fear or that that sort of yeah. that that's um, the reason why you didn't want to, want to do it um, or the reticence about it. And I wonder how many other scenarios that that those who are listening or that our clients may may well also think you know that you have to go through that that process of thinking why why am I not dealing with that pain or that you know sleeping 
baby sleeping can be a major thing and a lot of women don't want you know actually having to go through the process of thinking I might need somebody else to step in to help me with working out how to get my baby to sleep my toddler to sleep or you know five-year or six-year-old to sleep because I actually haven't slept for six years or and that's preventing me in all sorts of ways and um, why why am I not why have you not done anything so far where where's that come from is it because you feel like you might actually there might be a sense of failure about having not done it or or food or you know with your kids why 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 are you not doing anything why haven't you asked for somebody else to help you if you feel like it's a major issue that you're having a big blockage about is it yeah where you're coming from about that yeah and and it is and it is working out what's what's okay for you um and yeah in, in in any area but it's taking that time and creating that space where you can sit down and have a think about it Mm. and we just don't do that we just make ourselves so busy that we just don't sit down and think about what it is that we want and how we want it to be yes yeah Yeah. and that can be so yeah I'm I'm even I'm just sort of generally contemplating the thought of just sitting down and thinking rather than sitting down and rather than just keep on going like keeping on that sort of little treadmill of like, okay, busy from yeah. here to here to here. And when you meet people, how are you? I'm so busy. I'm so, I'm so busy. And that sort of wearing it like a badge, the busyness. Yeah. Well done you. You're busy. I'm busy too. Isn't that yeah. brilliant? Aren't we brilliant? Yeah. We're so busy. I really try and see, and, and that's where the language is, ch- is changing. So when I see people, you know, that I haven't seen for a while and they go, oh, you know, how's work going? You know, I very deliberately do not say busy mm. because I don't want to be busy. <laughs> I, want, I want to have time. I want to have, you know, that's, I want to have a bit of freedom to go to a yoga class. I want to be um you know to be able to do the thing you know to my version of success and what that looks like for me busy is not part of that yeah yeah exactly and so so what do you say instead what do you uh what's did you have to say something differently in order to sort of um be able to say it without uh, you know brenny brown or faking it until you make it right Yeah, it is. It does take, you know, say I'm really, I, I usually say that I'm really enjoying my uh, workshops at the moment or. Right. Uh, be specific. Really, yeah. So I'm, I get a bit more specific. So, um, so if you were to ask me now, like I'm really excited about the, um, I'm going to do some vision board workshops in um, end of January, beginning of February. Right. I'm really excited about, about them because people um you know the the atmosphere that i create within these sessions is really magical and um and and, and this the see the finished results and and how it helps people guide people's year it's um it's a really magical thing so that's the kind of thing that i would i would say i would be quite specific about something that's 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 going well at the moment yeah yeah and so stop that uh, uh stop stop that sort of automatic mode yeah. of talking rather than and, and yeah. rather than actually yeah. sort of like you said before stopping and thinking so when someone yeah. said asked yeah. you how are you doing you stop you think and go this is think, my considered yeah. response to that rather than automatically yeah yeah yeah, yeah, I'm busy. Busy. yeah. 
oh actually things are pretty shit at the moment yeah I'm having to do this and I'm actually really struggling so I will equally say say that if that's true of that moment yeah yeah and then people usually just look at their feet or say okay <laughs> good excellent well that was a bit too much information off we go <laughs> yeah can't you just say you're fine like everyone else does <laughs> yeah yeah I deliberately don't say that either you're fine so, yeah. uh, that was my uh automatic um what yeah. I said when I was when I was in the midst of postnatal uh whatever depression yeah. after my second I yeah. spent my whole time I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine everything's fine I'm fine <laughs> did I tell you that I'm fine enough so that you believe me and I believe myself yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay well uh, thank you so much Mary I think that's all the amazing information we can extract out of you in an hour so uh, <laughs> thank you for being so generous with your advice and your oh, your openness welcome. and everything it's really wonderful to chat to you yes you too yeah i forgot that we were doing a podcast <laughs> <laughs> forgot, there might be, forgot there might be other people listening yeah, yeah sorry about everyone else yeah <laughs> i hope that was helpful in some way <laughs> um yeah so mary thank you and i hopefully i will see you because we're local we'll yes. catch up again yes. soon but um uh, thank you so much for sharing your time today you're welcome So that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Do remember to check out the show notes and rate and review the episode. Hop on over to Instagram as well at love underscore movement underscore Sussex to let me know what you think and any comments or feedback you have. I always love to hear from you. Join us next time to hear from a new brilliant guest. <laughs>